Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the financial and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, Amy Grice, BMD, MBA, is going to talk to us about work-life balance tips for veterinarians. Dr. Grice practiced for more than 20 years before starting veterinary business consulting. She now advises veterinarians and practice owners on a wide variety of projects and challenges. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Decra Veterinary Products. Welcome, Dr. Grice. We're happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here as well. Well, this is a a topic that we probably could talk about in many segments for many hours, but we're going to try and keep it focused. But work-life balance for veterinarians, what does that mean? You know, I think it means different things to different people, Um, but it's very clear that across the world among workers of all types, because you know the big polling people, Gallup. Um, Gallup did a State of the American Workplace poll in 2017, and 53% of their worker respondents said that work-life balance was very important to them. But what it means to each person is sometimes a little bit different. I think for veterinarians, they want to have a chance to have a life outside of their work. And equine veterinarians are known for having the expectation of really long hours and emergency duty requirements. And like, it's a, a pretty all-encompassing life. It's a, it's a lifestyle. You know, I wanna talk a little bit because we hear so many times about the generational differences in expectations today between work and and life outside of work. So in looking at some statistics, baby boomers are 57 to 75 years old, and there's 69.56 million of them in the U.S. Gen Xers are 41 to 56 years old, and there are 65.17 million. Millennials are now the largest part of the workforce. From 25 to 40 years old, there are 72.1 million millennials in the US. And Gen Zs are up to 24 year olds and they are 67.17 million in the US. So in looking at all these different ages, and of course every generation has different life experiences and life expectations, what are the differences these people are looking for in life as an equine veterinary practitioner? Well, certainly um, those that are baby boomers, you know, have had some uh, economic uh, experiences that have made them um, feel like working is very important. And many of them uh, live to work. They were brought up in families where the culture was that your your value was in what you produced and your value was in how good a um, basically um, provider you were to your family. And as society has changed, you know, families um, have tried to make sure that their children had better lives than they did. Um, And those children have often looked at their parents who were maybe not home for much of their childhood. Maybe they came home to an empty house. Maybe they 
you know, they didn't go on that many family vacations because dad or mom or both needed to be at work. Um, and they have thought that they wanted their lives to be a little bit different from that. Um, that they cherished time away. So especially your millennials, they work to live. They don't live to work. And they want their work to have meaning, meaning outside of a paycheck. Probably that's one of their strongest characteristics is the need for a, a higher purpose to how they're spending their days. And I applaud this because they're, you know, as we all, those of us that are baby boomers have gotten older, we think about are we making a difference in the world? You know, was spending all of that time keeping some wealthy person's horse sound so they could run around and jump a bunch of fences, did that make the world a better place? And so I think what we're seeing are some changes in um, generations, younger generations, that they want the world to be a better place and they want their space in the workplace to make the world a better place, even if it is simply supporting the human-animal bond. And that brings up the discussion of intergenerational, because most practice owners are going to be baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And most people, again, I think it was last year the EVMA came out and said half of veterinarians, and this was all species veterinarians in the workforce, over 50% of them were now millennials. Mm-hmm. So you have a clash yes. of ideals. So how do you work with that to try and get your work-life balance when, you know, the older practitioners going, you know, you got to put your hours in, you got to do your work. I did it. You got to do it. And the younger ones are going, that's not what floats my boat. Well, and we're we're seeing the results of that <clears throat> right now because, you know, um, the younger generations, the millennials, um, they are very capable. And many of them care deeply enough about having a life outside of practice that if they cannot uh, achieve that type of a lifestyle within an existing older practice that's been established for many years. In many cases, what we're seeing is that they simply open their own practice so that they can have a culture that is supportive of their own values, not the values of someone from a different generation. Um, You know, is this good or is this bad? I'm not sure. If it keeps people in equine veterinary practice, then I am very supportive. But certainly there are economies of scale and there are sharing of of duties in larger practices um, that are very, very helpful. And I think some of that maybe goes into a topic I know you're pretty passionate about, which is boundaries. Mm -hmm. How do you set boundaries so that your work and life can balance? I think one of the first things about boundaries is understanding what is most important to you. So your values, like what are the things that are the priorities for you? Um, Because once you figure out what's most important to you in your life, 
and maybe that's um, being able to have time to exercise and keep your body healthy. Maybe it's having a chance to see your child for at least an hour a day before they go to sleep. Um, maybe it's having a strong, lasting relationship with your spouse or your significant other. Whatever that priority is, um, you have to know what it is so that you can set boundaries that allow you to achieve it. And so first is knowing what is it that's really important to me? And then how am I going to make sure that I can have that be a part of my life? And that's when you start figuring out where your boundaries are. And those boundaries um, could be as simple as when you're not on emergency call, um, putting a message on your phone with the emergency number and not picking up when a client calls you after hours. You're not on call. Um, stop answering your phone. Some people don't even take it in their house. Um, some, some folks have a work phone and a personal phone. I found that to be not possible for me. And I also had a really hard time not answering my phone. Um, but I got better at it as time went on. Um, the same thing applies to, uh, you know, working on weekends to do things for other people's convenience rather than being able to say, I'm sorry, but um, I don't work on the weekends, but I'd be happy to see that on Monday um, when it's a non-urgent call. But I find that equine veterinarians start to feel guilty about not meeting the needs or they feel fearful that they will lose those clients. And it is true that not everybody's going to understand your boundaries. But you that's why it's so important that you figure out your priorities because you need to support your boundaries and be ready for people to try to run over the top of them and and practice your responses ahead of time in the mirror because it's really hard to, to say no, um, but no is a complete sentence. <laughs> so, but you have to figure out what's important in your life and create the life that allows you to do the things that are most important to you. Otherwise, you're gonna arrive at your graveside with regrets. Yeah, and that's that's a sad part of, um, you know, a lot of the veterinarians of our generation, you know, are divorced perhaps several times and didn't miss so much of their children's lives. And at this point, I've heard quite a few of them being remorseful about that. At the same time, they're like, but this new generation doesn't have a work ethic. <laughs> and, and I think that that, is not true. I, I mean, I'm actually pretty optimistic that this upcoming generation is going to do wonderful things for equine practice. I really do. Decra Veterinary Products is proud to sponsor Equimanagement's The Business of Practice podcast. Decra's equine product line includes Osphos, Clotonate Injection, Orthokine Vet IRAP 10 and 60, Osteocon PRP, Equidone Gel, Thumperidone, the Vetivex line of parenteral fluids, Phycox EQ joint supplement, and a comprehensive line of topical dermatologic products. The recent addition of Zymeta, diaper injection, 
further expands DECRA's equine offerings. For more information about DECRA's products, please visit decra-us.com. Um, something you said about uh, regrets made me think about, there was a, a keynote speaker at the AAEP called Nigel Marsh in 2017 that spoke on work-life balance. I just love Nigel. And he told a great story about um, spending the afternoon with his young son, um, you know, going to the playground, getting a little bit of food, coming home, you know, bath and pajamas, reading him a story and saying goodnight. And his son said, Daddy, this has been the best day of my life. And it was an ordinary several hours that he spent with him. And, and it's, it's those, those moments of spending time and, and children grow up very, very fast. But, you know, Nigel um, made observations about work-life balance. And he said, you know, accepting the reality when you have a tough profession that it's hard to find balance in, that's like accepting the reality that you're in a tough profession is important rather than just railing against it all the time. And setting your balance expectations for a longer time frame. So maybe not daily, but maybe more weekly or biweekly or monthly. Um, but also, I think one of the most important things that he said was that you have to take responsibility for your life and don't be a victim. You know, make it happen. Set some boundaries. Yeah, that's that's an important part. And let's talk about another big thing. We were talking about the generational differences. Let's talk about the gender shift in equine veterinary medicine. So how has that changed the needs of veterinarians? It has changed um, the needs remarkably in equine practice because in equine practice, we don't have the availability of emergency clinics. There's no there's no hard stop to the day typically. And so with our profession rapidly um, becoming feminized, most of the, the younger practitioners entering equine practice are female. And they are just at the ages where from a biological imperative, they're going to have families. So they're early in their careers. They're going to have families. Typically, their spouses have jobs. Um, and mm, whether it's good or bad, um, historically, females are more the person with primary responsibility for family schedules and primary child care and planning meals and taking kids to the doctor and all of these things that have to be done. And so while women are incredibly amazing multitaskers, it can be very hard for them when there's no hard stop to the day. They feel a huge sense of responsibility to both their clients, their employers, but also to their children and their families. And um, what you see is people becoming overwhelmed with their heads in a vice. And how this differs from earlier generations is that, you know, many, um, you know, 25, 35 years ago, even 20 years ago, many of the, the male veterinarians that were in practice had somebody at home, a wife, um, 
who is taking care of those things and they might not show up for supper that night, but supper still happened for those children because their wife was there and she was providing clean clothes and there was milk in the refrigerator and coffee in the pot. And so I think we're seeing these younger uh, female veterinarians really struggling with uh, um, the pressures and the responsibilities, um, which makes a creation of boundaries all the more important for them. It has nothing to do with their work ethic or lack of work ethic. They have work ethic in spades. So when talking about work-life balance tips, what would some of your tips be? I know you work with a lot of young veterinarians. To help keep them happy enough and centered enough that they want to stay in equine practice? I think the first is um, that practice owners have some flexibility recognizing that there are many different stages in a veterinarian's work life. There is the stage where they have really young children that are not in school. Um, there's a stage where the kids are in school and they have a lot more freedom of their time. There's a stage where maybe there's some elderly parents that are starting to require some um, overseeing. And then there's sort of a, a time of freedom um, when none of those things are happening and, and they really have more flexibility in their own lives and, and uh, can make, make choices about how to spend their time. So things change over time. I think that's what I'm trying to say and that that giving flexibility to a young mother who is a, an equine veterinarian can provide a lot of loyalty to a practice um, when they know that their needs have been considered and taken into account and they've been allowed to develop professionally um, during a time when they have other responsibilities. I think that's that's one thing that's that's important. And is there anything else that, that you would like to share with us about work-life balance? Well, I think that um, it is a, a human characteristic that we kick the can down the road and we have these things that we want to do, things that we long to do, and we decide we're going to do them. Well, I'll do that later. And they keep pushing into the traces and pulling the wagon as hard as they can, doing all of these things without experiencing a lot of joy because they're going to have joy later and they're putting things off. Um, I think it's so incredibly important for people to experience joy every day and accomplishment as well. I think um, feeling like you have done something helpful or productive on a daily basis and experience joy will make the hard work um, feel less heavy. And so whether that's taking 10 minutes um, out of your day to enjoy some beautiful scenery and, and some sunshine on your face, um, or whether it's taking some quiet time before you go into the house with 
some screaming toddlers <laughs> to uh, walk around the block in the quiet. Um, you know, taking care of uh, self-care. It's a very important part of, of work-life balance. Well, thank you. And, and I'll tell our uh, listeners to make sure you can go to equimanagement.com and do a search for Dr. Grice. And she has had multiple articles um, that surround this topic about work-life balance and, and some of the other things that we talked about today. So that's, that's some good resources for you. And we thank you, Dr. Grice, for joining us today on the Business of Practice. We thank our listeners for joining us. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Decra Veterinary Products. Please visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, to hear each episode of the Business of Practice. If you missed any, go back and, and catch up. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you can email me at kbrown at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC.